Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. You know, I want to start by using the word that is, it's a, it's a Hebrew word that says, Hinini, which is translated in English as, here I am, Lord, ready to obey and do your will. Come on. Hinini. Here I am, Lord, ready to obey and do your will. You know, that should be the desire of our hearts. And that should be how we live our lives. And that should be how we walk every single day. Here I am. You know, I'll tell you. Obedience will open the door for great things in your future. You know, even when we don't see what's coming ahead of us. You know, and there's five lessons that we can learn from Abraham. I mean, I know Pastor was talking about how he was, uh, he is one of our heroes of faith. Right? And, and, and there's so many lessons that we learn. And he wasn't perfect. There was mistakes that he made that even to this day uh, has caused some turbulence in the world, you know, because of mistakes that he made back then. But guess what? At one point he understood, man, <laughs> you know, I have to follow what God is saying, you know. So it's very important, you know. I'm thinking about his story, you know, how dramatic his story is. The story of God testing Abraham's faith is ripped with lessons that we can apply to our lives today. You know, there's so many, li- many lessons that we can apply to our lives today. You know, those lessons, however, are easy to miss because sometimes, thank you, sister. I really appreciate you. You know, sometimes uh, those lessons, however, are easy to miss because the promise of the story is so compelling, compelling. You know, let's see really what God teaches us. In the book of Genesis, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open with me. Genesis 22, verse 2. Genesis 22, verse 2. It says this. Then God said, take your son, your only son. Whom you love. Come on. Isaac. And go to the region of Moriah. Is that how you say it? Moriah? Moriah. Okay, here we go. My English and Portuguese is coming out right here. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. I mean, this gives us the picture of Jesus Christ to God and Jesus, right? <laughs> Sacrificing his only son. Listen, stop for a second here. I mean, I know I'm not really a person that I question God because I you know there's things. What's happening right now, for instance? I mean, we can't really question God. We just trust God. Amen. Amen. Just a week ago, I was at a funeral, and this really touched my heart. Uh, the former director of Christ for the Nations, his name was Dr. John Holler. Okay, he was one of my heroes of faith. Okay, this man, all he talked about it was how God heals, how God restores. He was such a man of faith that when he started getting sick at age 60, at the age of 60, I mean, so young, when he started getting sick, he would not say what he had. Very similar to what pastor always teach us, you know, let's not speak the negative. Let's speak life. Let's speak life, you know. 
And he would not tell the student body what was going on with him. And if you ask me to this day, he just passed away last week. I don't know what he died of. But everybody was questioning. His family was questioning God. And they were so upset because, like I said, he was such a man of faith. The whole time that he was there at Christ for the Nations, I was a student under him. I've learned so much under him. And it was always about Jesus heals. <laughs> Jesus saves. You know, Jesus, Jesus will, will save your family. Jesus will bring restoration for your family, you know. And then suddenly he finds himself sick. And then four years later he dies. And everybody's like, come on. Everybody trying to question God. What's going on? You know, and then right before he died, this made me cry. I was like, dude, I'm like, this is so cool. He told one of his sons, who's also a pastor, say, listen, my thing is between me and my Jesus. <laughs> What's happening right here is between me and my Jesus. Don't get involved on this. Listen, you continue to preach that God is a God of healing, that God is a God of salvation. You move on and don't question God. You know, but I'm thinking here as we read this, God is telling Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac. If it was me, I'll be like, huh, 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 huh. Wait, wait, wait. I normally don't question God. But this, this is, man, Talita, my little girl. She drowned. She near drowned. And, and she was almost five minutes without oxygen. I was like, no, uh, uh, uh. What's going on here? You know, I'm thinking what was going through his mind. You know, hold on a second. <laughs> you know, this is not good, God. <laughs> Good one, God. Listen, it sounds like you wanted me to sacrifice Isaac. This is hilarious. Are you, uh, are you crazy? <laughs> What's going on? That's too much. Listen, maybe you're telling me to bring to the sacrifice a goat, maybe two or three. But my son, that makes no sense. Listen, God doesn't mince words. God knew just how precious Isaac was to Abraham. You know, having had to wait until he was a hundred years old to have him. Imagine you wait a hundred years. <laughs> All of your hopes are gone. <laughs> I mean, you kidding me? That promise <laughs> that my descendants will be so big and huge, it's not going to happen. And then suddenly it happens, and then God asks us back. I mean, Lord, are you kidding me? You know, it would be four less of a test for, uh, of Abram's faith in the sacrifice didn't mean much. He could have easily walked himself out of it and say, no, I'm not doing. But then here is where we find that he was not just a man of faith, but he was also a man of obedience. And sometimes we go through things in our lives that we question God and we don't know why. And, and, and God is just saying, move on. I know you can't see what's out there, but move on. I'm with you. You know, I will walk this path with you. I know who is calling you. It's me. It's not just anybody. You know, I will walk with you and I will direct every step of your way. You know, and there's a lesson. These are lessons that we learned from Abraham. You know, the first thing that I want to say here today, one of the lessons that I've learned from this is that the greater the cost, the greater the sacrifice. Mm. The greater the cost, the greater is the sacrifice. You know, the, the story continues in verse 3. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Listen, 
There's two things that strike me about this. The first is that Abraham had all night and morning to be terrified about the coming events. Have you been in a situation? Have you ever had a deadline that you dreaded? Like a root canal. (laughs) Or like sending your son to college. (laughs) You know, that's a little different because you know the outcome. But now think about, okay, God is telling me to bring my son and laid him in an altar. And I waited a hundred years, God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Now I'm going to have to lay down my son. And offer as a sacrifice to you. I mean, what was going on in his brain? All the thoughts that were going through his brain. You know, he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know the reason behind this. You know, Abraham was never given an explanation. You know, if you're dreading a, a, a root canal, you know that you have to take care of it or it's going to get worse or you're going to have to pull that teeth away, right? That tooth out. Right? But here he had no explanation. He was just told to do it, plain and simple. I mean, that's how we should walk our lives when we have a relationship with God, when we know that He speaks, we know that He is true. That's how it should be. You know, remember what I told you earlier, Hanini? What does it say? Here I am, Lord, ready to obey and do your will. Doesn't matter what's going to cost me. Wow. You know, lesson two that we take from his life. Sacrifice doesn't always come with an answer. Sacrifice doesn't always come with an answer. We want answers for everything. (laughs) What is faith? Somebody quote that verse. What is faith? The things that you don't see. You don't see, but you step in. (laughs) You don't always have the answers. You don't always have. You know, secondly, notice, I noticed that on verse 3 it says this. Early the next morning, there was no delay. (laughs) No procrastination. (laughs) Oh, I'll do it later on. (laughs) Oh, let me just push it back a little bit. No, there was no delay. It says on, on the verse Three that says there was no delay. Pure, unwavering obedience. Wow. (laughs) You know, Lord, help me to be like Abraham. Help me to be like him. When you tell me to do something, let me not procrastinate. (laughs) Let me just say, yes, sir. Here I am. Use me. (laughs) You know, then we go to lesson three. Lesson three says this, godly obedience should be swift. What do I mean by that? Look, go to verse number five. Number five, it says this, that Abraham tells his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. I don't know if you you were able to catch this. Abraham says, we will come back to you. We, 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 we. I mean, that's faith right there. <laughs> it's obedience and faith. Remember, I told you it's going to be a, a combination of obedience and faith. I mean, stay right here, servants. I'm going to go with Isaac. We're going to do what we got to do, and we. But God is telling him, bring your son as a sacrifice. 
You know, this is a combination of faith and obedience. They go together. You know, faith and obedience. One thing I always say, I love saying this. Listen, there's one thing that must divorce. I'm completely against divorce. You know, some things we can't control, but there's one couple that must divorce. Faith and doubt. Mm. You can't have faith and doubt. They don't go along. You know, no, it's either you trust or you don't. You know, but let's, let me, let me say something. I decided to just trust him. I decided just to walk with him and know that he's a, 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 a walking with me. He is on my side every day guiding me. And it's hard sometimes for us to do that. You know, but Abraham was like, okay, we, we, we will come back. Okay. <laughs> Meaning he and Isaac, Abraham believed that the Lord would salvage the situation. I mean, that's beautiful, you know, having that kind of faith and knowing for real that God is for us and not against God, not against us. We are in a very tough season right now. And I'll say this. Sometimes we think, oh, man, he's a pastor. Listen, it's just a title. We're all the same here. Okay? And we all go through the same things in life. Different. Sometimes you're facing financial, others are facing uh, they're lonely. Others are facing health issues, but we all have tribulation. It falls in the just and unjust, right? You know, the rain falls on both, you know, and then sometimes this year, it, it wasn't an easy year. You know, during quarantine, there were times that I felt depressed. I was like, dude, <laughs> crazy. What's going on? When do we ever thought that the world would stop, come to a, to a stop, completely stop? And I remember last year, you know, with some of my friends, I would have going into a discussion and then they were like, man, I can't wait for 2019 to be over. You know, I think 2020 is going to be a great year. And even myself, I said a couple of times, 2020 is going to be a great year. It's going to be a year of perfect vision. We're going to be able to have perfect vision 2020. Have you heard that before? You know, and guess what? If you had analyzed this year, it was a year of perfect vision. Because a lot of things were brought to the surface. Isn't it? It is time for us to wake up, church. <laughs> it, it's time for us to move in faith and obedience. It, it is time for us to know that we are called by the higher God, you know, that is above all gods. And doesn't matter what the circumstances are showing us. This is what Dr. Hollow told his son. Listen, doesn't matter what you see here. Yes, I'm dying, but Jesus continues to heal. Jesus continues to tell you that he is the salvation to this world. But we get so caught up sometimes in our circumstances and we see the things that are here. But faith is the things that we do not see. And then we take a step. Yes. You know, we move. It reminds me of a story. I hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to tell the story. You know, it's something that I heard in Portuguese. I have to translate from Portuguese to English. But there was this guy that was, he was hiking a mountain. It was a mountain full of snow. It was very cold. It was freezing. You know, he was tied up in a rope. And then almost at the top of the mountain, he fell. And he was like, Jesus, help me. And he's, remember, he's hooked to a, to a rope. And then he starts, God, help me. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Help me. Help me. And then he hears a voice, caught the rope. But it was all foggy. He couldn't see anything. And he hears a voice, caught the rope. Obedience. <laughs> How many times the Holy Spirit saying, hey, caught the rope. 
You know, he's like, no, are you crazy? I can't see anything. Caught the rope. Guess what? The next morning he was dead. He died. He was frozen. He was only a few feet from the ground. Lack of obedience. Faith and obedience goes really well. It's tough sometimes. It's hard. We don't see. We don't, we don't understand what's happening right now. The future of this nation. I'm going to tell you, November 3rd, I was, oh, Lord. You know, I couldn't sleep at night, honestly. I never, you know, I'm not, I, for, for a year, for real. I think Texas got me into politics. <laughs> I became a Republican when I came to Texas. Because you know, I was really never connected. I voted Democrat before, and it's not about being a Republican or a Democrat. You know, it's about holding Bible values. Uh, Listen, Trump, he's a mess. (laughs) He's a sinner. His past condemns him. You know, if you start reading about this guy, how many wives have been through his life, he's a mess. But I tell my friends, I'm going to vote for the one that has the closest to what I believe. And it, and it doesn't matter, even if it's a political move where he's using the Christians to reelect him. It doesn't matter. God allowed, and he was the president that opened the doors to the Christians to come. I'd rather have Christians in the White House than witchcraft. Does it make sense? You know? So I'm like, I never was really into politics. But this year, I was like, man, because we see where things are going. I don't want my kids to learn about changing their sex in school at an early age. <laughs> I don't want my kids to hear things that are not even at their level yet. Oh, in the books. No, we don't want that. Where are we going? We've been pushed away from the Bible. The first book that was presented in the schools here in the United States, when they founded this country, was the Bible. They started to learn, learn how to read through the Bible. <laughs> you know, so oh, the other day, yesterday, actually, a friend of mine, he was, he was, this, he was one of them that they called me and say, "Stop, move on." I say, "Bro, I'm not moving on. <laughs> I'll move on when God say it is finished. <laughs> I'll move on when God say it is finished." You know, but he's like, move on, bro. We have a new president. I say, listen, when we know it's finished, I will honor and respect the authority that because that's what the Bible says. But until we know for a fact that it's finished, I'm not moving on. But I was telling him, he say, well, think about as uh," and he's a Christian. He calls himself a Christian. Amen. I believe he is. But he tells me, oh, we have, we have to give the same rights that we have for the Muslim, for this and for that. And he start calling all other religions. I say, bro, no, we don't. Because we were founded in the Bible. This was a Christian nation. And now you're going to tell me, oh, we're just going to open our doors and whatever. I disagreed with him. No, this was a Christian nation. And what we need to do is repent and go back. With obedience and faith, just like Abraham. (laughs) You know? We see this faith displayed again when Isaac asks his dad, where's the lamb? (laughs) Okay. We're here, daddy. I mean, think about your only child. 
that you waited so many years. Now you're supposed to present it as a sacrifice. Hey, Daddy, where's the lamp? God will provide. That's faith. God will provide. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burned offering, my son. Listen, lesson number four. Obedience both relies on God for strength and expects God to deliver. I'm going to repeat it. Obedience both relies on God for strength and expects God to deliver. Does it make sense? (laughs) When you are obedient you are depending on his strength and you know for fact that he's going to come with the breakthrough with the open door he's going to come through for us the altar got built up built but still no lamb now if I'm Abraham I'm saying I'll be saying this I'm facing a crisis of belief if it was me I'll be facing that crisis of belief. Like, what's going on? Where's the help? Where's the provision? Where's the relief? (laughs) God, what are you doing? But not Abraham. (laughs) That's why it's so important. I love this church. I love that we get to study the Torah portion of of the Bible. It's so important because there's so great lessons for us. You know, the other day I I I was reading about this pastor saying that the, the, the Bible is not longer relevant to our years, to, to our days. I'm like, dude, and this is a major pastor. <laughs> that the Bible is no longer relevant to the, to the era that we're in. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, you are not relevant. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> you know, no, there are great things, lessons that we take even from the Old Testament. So important for us to apply in our lives. Abraham was so obedient. He bounded his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out wow, his hands and took the knife to slay his son. Genesis 22 verse 9 and 10. Genesis 22 verse 9 and 10. Imagine the anguish and horror in that moment. It's Isaac. It's Isaac. Envision reconciling the internal conflict of sacrificing someone you love for someone you love more. (laughs) He sacrificed someone that he loves for someone he loves more. God, your knife is raised high and ready to cut short the life of someone so important to you. (laughs) Of course we know the end. We know the story doesn't end there. God interrupts and says, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed as a a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Genesis 22, verse 12 through 14. Listen, God came through just as Abraham had expected. Not only did God provide, 
he then rewarded Abraham's obedience. Abraham would have descendants as numerous as the star in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. And we know that that promise came to pass. You know, lesson number five. What God requires, he provides. If God is requiring something from you, he will provide. We see the miracle in Pastor Tiss. She's going through a new treatment. It's something that they just started testing on people. And I remember the day, actually, we or the day that Pastor had just come out of the, the doctor's appointment, and then we met that day, me, Pastor Scott, and him to meet one of the pastors from Brazil that was visiting here. And that was the day that he said, man, it's not good. The doctor is not giving us a lot of hope. I remember him saying that. <laughs> but what God requires, he provides. Whatever you face, whatever he calls from you, he asks from you, he will provide. Sometimes we don't see it. We cannot question God. I go back to this. We cannot question God. It's hard sometimes not questioning God. I know. Sometimes we feel like we want to cut our tongue out. I love sharing this. There's so much power. And, and, and I'll say this. I'm so thankful because even the other day I was back there with Pastor Larry. And he was just saying, listen, we decided not to speak negative words. There's so much power in our words. You know, and we did not realize my father, who's also a pastor, he was traveling to Brazil. He used to travel to Brazil almost every month, and it was right after 9-11 situation, and they got really big on asking questions, you know, about security. Uh, are you caring? Which for me was like a dumb question. Like that's that's the check-in, uh, American Airlines check-in counter in Brazil. They, they, they would ask this question. Are you carrying any weapons with you? Are you carrying, uh, have, you been, have you been the one that packed your bags? Uh, have you left your bag unattended any time? You know, I mean, if you're a terrorist, you're not going to say, hey, I have a bomb inside my suitcase. <laughs> I mean, right? If you have the desire blow out, you're not going to be honest <laughs> with that stupid question. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but then they ask my father and my father is a jokester. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> but my dad said, yes, I'm carrying a weapon with me. The guy took a step back was like, what? He said, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm carrying my tongue. That's what my father said. And with my tongue, I can curse you or I can bless you. But I bless you right now in Jesus' name. He threw that joke and then he went on and he was waiting to get on the plane. And a few minutes before he gets on the plane, Mr. Wanderly Frankel, please come to the front counter. Like, my father, who I got in trouble. <laughs> Shouldn't have thrown that joke, you know. Mr. Wanderly Franco. He's like, okay, here we go. 
So he goes there and a flight attendant that was there said, are you Mr. Franco? Yes. Well, would you come with me? Would you follow me? I'm going to take you to a room back here and we just want to talk to you. But she didn't say a word. My father walks in that room and that guy that asked him the question, he was in tears. He was sitting on a chair in tears crying. And then the flight attendant who also was a Christian said, listen, I'll explain to you what's happening right now. I believe he asked you a question, which is part of our job description. We have to do this. And then you answered that you were carrying a a weapon, which was your tongue. And at the end, you say you would bless him. Tell him what happened. So the guy looks at my father and says, well, today before coming here, I had said that unless I would get an answer from God that he was real, I, was, I had bought my gun already, and I was going to commit suicide. I was going to come home and kill myself. And then you out of the blue, out of nowhere, <laughs> come in front of me, throw that joke, and say, with my tongue, I can bless you or I can curse you, but I bless you in Jesus, in Jesus' name. That was like, God loves me. God cares for me. And God has something for me. That day, that kid gave his life to Jesus. So if you look, you go back to Abraham here. We don't see at any point he's like bad-mouthing God. Or saying anything that would bring any doubt. He tells his servants, I'm going to go there, do what I got to do. And we (laughs) will be back. Remember, what God requires, he provides. If you want to get fit. It requires sacrifice to reach your goals, right? I've been trying to get fit for a while. (laughs) It requires too much sacrifice. (laughs) And like, Lord, give me strength because I can't be away from that junk food. Lord, give me strength because I can't exercise. But if you want to get fit, it requires the sacrifice, you know? You got to be away. You got to you got to give up your free time. You got to give up your TV time. You know, you got to give up your reading time to exercise. It requires sacrifice and also accountability, very important. And dedication. I'm big about accountability. It requires until we give up what we want for something we want more, we will always come up short. Very important for us to understand. Until we give up what we want for something we want more, we will always come up short. Is there anything in your life that is a little too precious? You know, a lot of times we don't see that we're doing this. But the question is, could you be making an idol of, out of something that God merely intended to be a gift in your life? Only you really know. Anything else that you put before God is an idol. Anything. If you worship your kids more than God, that's an idol. <laughs> if you worship your job more than God, that's an idol. And a lot of times we don't realize what we're doing. We're so caught up in what we're living right now. You know, we just bought a new house. 
We're excited. Yeah, God, it's faithful. I, I told my wife, there's a special blessing over this house right here that comes to when you become a part of this ministry, you know. And we were able to acquire this house in the middle of a pandemic, which I was like, dude, I mean, it's never going to happen, you know. And somebody actually from here who was a real estate agent came to me and said, listen, I, I, I was uh, talking to a client of mine. He's selling his house. When I walked in there to list the house, I saw your family there. <laughs> so he came to me and was like, I say, I'm sorry. I don't think this is the time. <laughs> and it took me almost two weeks to kind of get it in my mind. And like, I could have lost that house, right? In two weeks. Took me almost two weeks and probably went and saw the house. And she's like, I want to move in here. You know, uh, we used to live in Cedar Hill. Now we're here in North Fort Worth. Yeah, which it used to take, it used to take us 35 minutes without traffic. With traffic was over an hour. Now it takes without, without traffic takes about 14, 13 minutes, you know. But what I'm saying is this. Amazing house. We love it. God's favor in our lives. We, we listed our old, our old house and they offered us $6,000 more than what we were asking for. But listen, I told my kids the other day. I've been through, just in the last month, I've been through three funerals. And every time you're in a funeral, it's a reality check. Right? And what I want to say is this. Amen for my house. Amen for my car. But a, 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 amen for my salvation. Because everything stays here. Anything. God wants to bless you. God wants to honor you. God will provide whatever he requires from you. He will provide. He asked for Isaac to be the sacrifice. But there was another ram that was waiting right there. (laughs) You know? So if God is asking something, listen. Just remember. This will stay behind. We'll go back to dust. Be obedient. Exercise your faith. Know that God is for you and not against you. Everything is blinding you right now. The situation, I can't see one foot ahead of me. But guess what? If God's saying, keep marching, keep marching. Remember, cut the rope. (laughs) Cut the rope. Another important thing that we should always carry with with us is always be optimistic. You know, always carry that positive attitude. It's like they had this marketing company that was doing some studies in India. And they hired two guys to go one south of India, the other one north of, in, north of India. And they, and they told these guys, listen, I need you guys to send us a report because we want to manufacture shoes. And I believe it's going to be a hit in India. So the one that was negative writes a report saying, hey, cancel. (laughs) Don't spend money manufacturing new shoes because nobody wears shoes over here. (laughs) 
But the other one in South say, hey, triple <laughs> the manufacturer because we're going to sell so many shoes in this place. <laughs> it's how you see things in life. How you seek things in life gets you further. So you might be facing a situation right now. God is requiring something from you, a sacrifice. This is what we learn in this Torah study right here where we're talking about Abraham. God requires a sacrifice from him. And he just say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Remember, Hinini, which is written in Hebrew, that it translates to English as, here I am, Lord, ready to obey and do your will. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Let's finish. Here I am, Lord, ready to obey and do your will. I don't know what you're facing. We all have different things that we face in life. Well, we all go through different situations. But if God is asking something, what is it? What idol you have to release? <laughs> Put before him. Just do it. Be obedient. And know that he will come forward. And he will make it a miracle happen in your life. Let's bow our heads. Father, we honor you today. Thank you that we get to study Abraham's life. Thank you that we get to see how he was a man of faith and a man of obedience. That he didn't question a bit, Father, about what you were asking, Father. He just said, yes, Lord, if you're asking, here I am. I'm bringing my son. And I pray that his life will be an example to all of us. I pray that today, Father, if there's anything that we need to lay before you, Father, as a sacrifice, that you will help us understand and give us the wisdom that is necessary for us to do what you're asking. Father, once again, I bless this nation. Once again, we say that we trust in you and we know that you are still in control. You are still sitting on the throne and nothing falls short from your hand. Father, we know that whatever it is, Father, we will still honor you because you are in control. I just pray against chaos. I pray against anxiety. There's so many people that are fighting anxiety right now. In Jesus' name, I pray against anxiety. <laughs> we know what's good for our nation, or at least we think we know what's good for our nations. But you know what's better. <laughs> so we just trust in you today, Father. We pray for, for our president right now. We bless his life. I pray against negative negativity right now in Jesus' name. We just speak life. We just speak blessings. And we just say that we will honor you, Father, today in all that we do. It's all about you, Father. Thank you for Pastor Larry once again, Pastor Tiz, the Hawk family. 
Thank you for Pastor Scott. Thank you for Pastor Lydia. I pray that you will bring them back, Father, in safety, Father. Thank you for allowing me to be here today with this amazing and beautiful people, Father. We love you. We honor you. We pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me.